Hello. It's me. Guys, I... So the basement, I think we've talked about the basement on here before. It's like total, like blast from the past, 1970s shag carpet all over everything, paneled but walls where there's so not shag carpet. Cool. Okay, yeah, cool. Uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. I think it's so cool. We need to post pictures. We said we were going to do that. We never Okay. Did. Yes, I will post pictures, but I also want to know if you guys want to see me. So Travis and I were getting the main floor renovated before we move in, because <laughs> if you saw <laughs> pictures, you would know there's like blood orange carpet in the living room. You guys, it's literally like it's straight out of the seventies. So anyways, we're re- having the first floor renovated, but the top floor and the basement will be doing ourselves. Right. So the, the basement will be our, we had a, an amazing deck or we have an amazing deck on the back of our current home. And whenever it was football season, we'd always have friends over and it got nicknamed Owen sports bar. Um, so I'm thinking in the new house that the basement will have to be rethroned as Owen sports bar that couldn't be any more perfect okay but I'm gonna renovate we gotta it. get a neon sign yes we'll get a neon sign I'm gonna renovate it but it's gonna have all of our sports stuff in it so I'll have all of my hornet stuff down there there's obviously hornet stuff um there's pants and you have over here. you have a little bit of the original stuff from the house too so Sarah was not allowed to go to the estate sale because Carol Baskin told her she wasn't allowed to She's so the worst I went with my mom and we went there and I called Travis and we were like, Hey, we're down in the man cave slash bar slash Owens bar slash woman cave slash all people cave slash it's going to be where we watch all the sports. And so it's going to be podcast studio. Maybe we're not sure yet. Okay. Yeah. There's so many possibilities. Yep. I I called Travis and I was like, I want to get you guys something like from the house so you can put it into your new home. So we bought all of the coolest shot glasses that they had in their bar and they're from all around the world there were so many sports ones panthers and baseball and i'm gonna go grab some yeah go grab some that sounds like a really good idea okay all right so we've got just like a. this is the cutest it looks like the little german what do you call Here. those? Yes. Okay. So there's that one. There's a, a yellow one that looks like a very similar setup. There's the green one. Again, yep. similar setup. There's another clear one. Similar so setup. Cute. Here, enter the sports realm. Boom. It's a baseball. <laughs> Talk about like being impossible to drink out of, but it's just a really cool shot glass. <laughs> I had it upside down. No, this is the bottom. Here's the bottom. This is the top. And this is literally what you're supposed to take a shot out of. It looks like a mini fishbowl. I was, I, you just took the words out of my mouth. I was just about to say that. Yeah. So a tiny little baby fishbowl. We've got, okay. Obviously they went to Germany a lot. Cause this that is one's an, just really cute. Another little like beer stein shot glass. We've got the Panther shot glass. Boop, boop. Duh, we couldn't pass that one up. Um, we've got the Chicago Bulls one. That one's really cool. And I need to go back to this baseball one because you guys, we have a very special guest and it's not my dog. Nelly, you not Nelly. She out. Yeah. Cause her dad called her. 
way, we've got a very special guest today because a very dramatic play happened in baseball. I don't even know when it was, but everybody was like blowing me up about it. And I was like, y'all know, I don't really watch baseball like that. So bring in Steve, the baseball guy, because because he's going to tell us. I'm seriously so excited. So he's going to bring it on. And then Christine has not even watched the play yet. So she's going to watch the play on her phone and then react to it. Oh my gosh. It's going to be so amazing. But before Steve, the baseball guy joins us, Christine, the biggest event that happened in sports last week was the masters the masters yes yes and it was a big deal because the very very first man to ever win for japan won i know and i love him so much christina my favorite response after um he won and in his interview they were asking him how it made him feel and he goes it made me happy just to the point it made me really happy it made me happy no I remember because he was like I don't need an interpreter for this because he had an interpreter the entire time right Mm -hmm. because he speaks Japanese and the interpreter was with them when they were he was getting his green jacket um and so during the press conference he was like I like don't need an interpreter for this and it was like what did he say it made me happy it made me happy (laughs) my heart melts how do you feel so much or okay, maybe it so, was like, I feel happy. Something along those lines, just very, very to the point. <laughs> yes, I seriously, like, I I love him so much. Okay, so his name, um, the winner of the Masters is Hideki Matsuyama. Mm-hmm. And he is from Japan. And he is seriously, like, he just walks around and he's just the happiest. Like, I know, it makes you just kind of want to give him a hug through the TV. Chris. I watched him, like I watched the masters all four days and he did not look stressed once. Like probably why he won. Not once. He was just literally happy as a clam to be there. Just walking around with a smile on his face. Like he'd hit a terrible shot, still smiling. He'd (laughs) hit it in the water, still smiling. I was like, God, what does this guy need some more of that? What does he eat for breakfast? Cause I want to start eating it. Share me. He's eating those Wheaties. Share with me your nutrition routine, Hideki Matsuyama, because I need a little bit of that positivity in my life. If you're able to stay that calm and happy during, you know, the four days of the most stressful golf tournament and like, well, two, 2021. So whenever I was um, looking and researching and preparing for this podcast, I was looking up Hideki Matsuyama and just a little bit of background on him, but the live broadcasting came up um, for the Japanese broadcasters that were, um, broadcasting the the masters, masters. for japan and yes. they, were, they, they were in tears on national television <gasps> like it was so cute they were so proud of him and you know he matsuyama was saying he was like i just hope that this brings more awareness to the game of golf in japan because it, it's, it's a big deal but it's not as big of a deal as it is in the states so he's hoping because he won, he'll see more of the younger generation in Japan playing out or getting out and playing the game. Yeah, I know for sure. So it's really big in Japan um, for women. So there's a lot of Japanese women who play golf, but not as many Japanese men. So well, to your point, Sarah, I'm pretty sure this was even a bigger deal because two women from Japan won their tournament. And then Matsuyama came out and won the masters. So it was I, just like, they were so proud. 
I need to listen to it's remember whenever the Panthers, um, we had those, uh, Spanish announcers. Oh, we need to bring back the Spanish announcers. They were so hype. Is it, was it similar to that listening yes. to the Japanese? Yeah. You have no idea what they're saying, but like the emotion in it, it's just so sweet. Okay. I need to listen to it for sure. Because yes, he was the very first Japanese winner of the masters, but obviously Christine and I were saying how adorable he is and just would have like jumped through the screen and, and, um, just hug him. So to add to that, Christine, when he was flying back home, I assume, I don't, I didn't look at his flight path, but he was in the Chicago airport at 6am Monday morning Mm -hmm. with his green jacket draped (laughs) over his arm on his way to his flight and then draped over the back of his seat once he was waiting for his flight. Just like, oh, no big deal. Just won the masters. Yeah. Of course he's going to put that on display. If I won the masters and had that green jacket, I was going to show everybody it's not getting dirty. It's coming with me. And I'm going to snuggle with this thing in the middle of the night. What a total power move Hideki. Like (laughs) you're just gonna like, he wasn't like, let me box this sucker up and preserve it and send it back to Japan. He's like, nope. I'm going to wear it. He, I don't think he actually wore it, but he's like, I'm going to drape it over my arm and I'm gonna like drape a cape it over, almost. Yeah. I'm going to drape he's, it over the back of my chair and you will know that I won the masters that, or he just didn't want to leave it. You know, he didn't want it out of his sights. Yeah. I don't blame him at all. It's like, he, he's going to make that airplane seat, his throne with that green jacket draped behind him. Yes. Yes. Okay. So learning opportunities from the masters, obviously that's what we're here for. Right. So Matsuyama ended up winning there. He, it looked like a total landslide. Like he was going to win by lots of strokes. Um, which he ended up not losing or winning by a lot of strokes. Right. I know exactly. But, um, so fast forward, they play 18 holes a day, you guys. Right. So Thursday they play 18 holes Friday, they play 18 holes. And then at the end of Friday, only the top 50 players and ties make it to Saturday. So starting on day one, On Thursday, there were 84 players. And then on Saturday, there were only 50. So why and how did they decide who is going to make it to Saturday, right? So at the end of Friday, they have what's called a cut line. So they know how many people that they want to have. So it's not established before like they start playing. It's dependent upon how many players are overall playing in the tournament and then how many they're wanting to make to Saturday. So it'll change the cut line changes every year. So what is the cut line? Yeah. Okay. So good question, Christine. So it's all based on the players scores, right? So Mm -hmm. there is what's called par for a course. So there are 18 holes on a golf course and par at Augusta national for the masters was 72. So the total number of your strokes added up among those 18 holes is your score. <laughs> if you shoot, no, if really? you shoot, I know. Okay. If you shoot a 72, if you've swung the club 72 times, and that's how many shots you've taken through your 18 holes to get it into the hole then your score will show as E or even par. Right. If you shoot 71, your score will show minus one, which means you're one under par. 
So what they tally is not necessarily just your daily score, but the scoreboard will show your total. So and, you, and more in the negatives that you negatives minus that you are, the better your score is. Correct. Yes, because that took less strokes to mm -hmm. get you through the 18 holes. So on Thursday, par 72, and then on Friday, par 72 again. So depending upon how well the overall group does, they set the cut line on Friday to three over par. So that would be an average of a 75 between right. Which is Thursday. still a really, really hard thing to do. Exactly. Between <laughs> Thursday and Friday. What you can do and what I, I think we should probably explain a little bit further is say you shot a 70 on Thursday and then you shot a 77 on Friday. Do you they average them? You don't average them, but you you would be two under for the day because you shot 70 on Thursday. And then you would be five over for the day because you shot 77 on Friday. So your right. overall score would be five minus two is three. three. <laughs> doing math people. We're doing math. Welcome people. to the it's sports is math lesson. Yes. So you don't necessarily have to stay even Steven, you know, right. the entire time. It's all depending on your total score after the two days. So if you were plus three at the end of Friday. You out. No, you made yeah. it to Saturday. Oh, I thought it could only be plus two. Plus three and plus three. ties. Yes. Got you, got you, got so you. So plus three and ties. So basically what does and ties mean, right? So anybody who is plus three makes the cut. Right. Even if it's over 50 people, they all make the cut. So plus three was the goal. I'll tell you one person that I was surprised to not see make the cut was Dustin Johnson because he won the Masters the year before. I was cheering for him and I'm like, Dustin, where are you? I know. The <laughs> only next time we saw him was when he was putting the green jacket on Hideki's back. So yeah, he didn't make he didn't make the cut. He did not make the cut. Exactly. So he, I think, shot, he ended up shooting like five over after Friday and missed the yeah. cut, obviously, by two strokes, because again, the cut line was was three over. So Fast forward, Hideki was ahead the entire the entire week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then into Sunday. I think Justin Rose was ahead, but I mean, Hideki pulled ahead on Saturday and kind of stayed ahead, right? Until like the last four holes of the, of Sunday. So, so kind of paint the picture of what happened. Yeah. So Matsuyama was ahead by four shots going into hole 15 which is a par five. So that means if you make the ball in the hole in five strokes, that's even. even. Yeah, right. that's even. That's your goal, right? If you do it in less than that, then that's even better. But your goal on a par five is to make it in the hole in five strokes. So insert drama on hole 15 again, which is a par five. So Hideki hit the ball into the water. He ended up bogeying which is one stroke over on a okay. par five. So he got a six on a par five. 
So they, if you hit the ball, I'm sorry. So if you hit the ball into the water, is there a penalty for that? <gasps> Good question, Christine. Yes. Okay. So this, I had to call in Joe, the golf guy for this one. I'm going to be completely honest because I started reading all, I was like, I thought it was just as an easy, like penalty stroke drop. And that was that. Right. Of it course, takes two, right? So of course it is not that easy, but yeah. I'm just going to give you guys like the easiest way to describe it. And if you hit the ball into the water, you hit the ball, that's one stroke. Mm -hmm. Then obviously your ball is in the water. Two. So you can't hit it. No. So you take another ball and depending on where the flight path of your ball crossed into the water is, you will drop the ball from that point backwards. You cannot advance the ball past where the ball, the flight path of the ball crossed okay. over the water. So how many penalty strokes is it against right. their so score? Let me tell you. So I hit the ball one, it goes into the water. I drop the ball okay. two, and then I am hitting three. Got it. That's Does sucks. that make sense? Yes, that's okay. There red, there are red line um holes. There are are yellow line holes with all different types of rules. There are drop zones. There are some holes that don't have drop zones. It's just very confusing. So so Matsuyama hit the ball into the water and still bogeyed that hole. That's actually yes. really, really good. Exactly. He was just steady Eddie. He was phenomenal. I want to say I read some stat that like he bogeyed the most number of holes in the last like three to four holes of the masters, like or tied somebody ever. Um, but it didn't matter. He didn't need to, you know, make any crazy plays. He just needed to stay consistent, make pars and bogeys. Um, so, you know, even or one over even on all of the holes through the end, which he ended up doing. And he won by one stroke. So Hideki was a huge part of the masters, obviously, but the second person that was a huge part of the masters that I was low key cheering for Christine was Will Zalatoris. He came in second. Mm -hmm. He is a 20, like early 20 year old, like 24 years old ish. He just graduated from Wake Forest. Oh, he's from Wake Forest. I know. And Wake Forest is in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Yeah, it's in North guys. Carolina. Yeah, which is only like an hour and a half from Charlotte. So, and he apparently plays golf with Tony Romo and he looked so good out there. He was so consistent and yeah. he ended up coming in second, which I'm pretty sure he still made like close to $900,000. So oh, yeah. not a bad paycheck. All these, all these people, even if you come in last, like, but you make the cut, like they're still making a pretty penny. Yeah. Right. Everybody's making money. Yes. Yes, for sure. For sure. So, and then there was two people that were tied for third. Yes. Xander Shoffley, who was in the final group with Hideki, he was kind of neck and neck with Hideki for a while. And then, um, as they say, he, you know, what the bed, um, and made like a triple bogey on like hole 15 or something. And then Ugh. that was that for Xander. That's the yeah. hard thing with golf. And that's yes. why it's so fun to watch because you can think somebody has it in the bag and then they just screw up on one hole and yep. then it's all a mental game from there. Yes. Yes, exactly. And this is a Stresses reminder to me out. Yes. Yeah, so there is a, um, we have a highlight on our Instagram homepage of the golf purse. So mm -hmm. 
get on there, watch it if you want to know kind of what it means. But Hideki won first. Obviously, the person who comes in first always wins first outright. Um, there is a second place person. Um, that was Will Zalatoris. He came in second outright. And then since we had a tie for, th for third from Xander Shoffley and Jordan Spieth, what they do is they take the third place money and the fourth place money and they add them together, divide it by two and divide that among the people who tied for third, which means the person who comes in fourth gets the first, the, uh, the fifth place money and so on and so forth. It gets very confusing and complicated, but yeah. Yeah. Speaking of again, still making a pretty penny. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. <laughs> so speaking of complicated, the NBA postseason this year is unlike any other year. It's exciting though. In the NBA postseason, I know. Okay. It's almost like it's almost like they're taking March Madness and making it NBA, right? I know. Okay. Okay. So we'll call it May Madness. Oh, May Madness. Yes. Okay. <laughs> because it's the there is going to be a play in tournament, you guys. So you know what that means. Tell us all about it. <laughs> Here we are. Okay. So historically, only the top one through eight teams on the East and the West of the NBA play in the playoffs. Right. This year, they are expanding it. I don't know if it has to do with COVID. I honestly am not really sure why they're doing it, but I love it. And, yeah, me too. The player, it means more basketball, more drama for us. The players are not very happy about it. Mark Cuban has come out and said it's a bunch of hullabaloo because the teams have already played like such a crazy schedule because of COVID. Well, especially in basketball. I mean, they're yes, playing they like every had, other day. They haven't had any breaks. So anyway, from a consumer's and fan's perspective, I love it, which is why I'm wearing my NBA shirt today. So, so perfect. Play in games for the NBA. So the first thing that we need to know um, is how many more games are in the regular season. So there's close to 10 games left in the regular season. And these last 10 like games. Like from this point on. From this point on, yes. So the last 10 games like because the NBA just came out with this official play in tournament is like, I feel like teams didn't really put that much stock in the regular season. And now they're like, Oh shoot. Like, I don't want to be in one of those play in spots. So we better kick it into high gear and get out of one of those play in spots. You hear that Hornets? We need you to kick it into high gear and make it to one of those playoff spots. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So what are the playing games, right? So the playing games this year are new. So historically, like I said, eight, um, one through eight on the East and the West make it to the playoffs this year, they've expanded it. So what does that mean? This gets really confusing you guys, but nine will play 10 in a play-in game. Okay. Right. This is for both the East and the West. Okay. So nine will play 10 in a play-in play-in game. Seven will play eight in a play-in game. Whoever wins the seven versus eight game gets entered into the playoffs as the seven seed. Okay, cool. So if it's a seventh and an eight seed playing against each other, these two, then they get the better seed. Yes. So there's and nine, then nine, 
nine versus 10 play each other, seven versus eight play each other. Whoever okay. wins this game gets entered into the playoffs as the seven seed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whoever mm-hmm. loses this game plays the winner of the nine versus 10 seed. Oh, shoot. I know. What? Or That's going to be fun. Or the eight seed. Okay, so they're not eliminated. So if the seventh and eighth seed play each other, the the loser is not eliminated yet. They have a chance to win if they play against the winner of the nine and 10 seed. You got it, dude. So <laughs> nine versus 10 play each other. If whoever loses the nine V 10 play in game is out. Whoever okay. wins the nine V 10 play in game plays the loser of the seven V eight play in game. And whoever wins the seven V eight play in game is entered into the playoffs as the seven seed. So then we have the winner of the nine V 10 game, the loser of the seven V eight game. And then whoever wins that game is entered as the eight seed. Boom. It's going to be so fun. And that starts May 18th, right? Yes. The playoff or the play in tournament starts yes, May 18th. So all of the teams are trying to get above that, um, that seven seed. So if you can right. be six seed or above, you guarantee yourself a spot. So do we have in- some sort of bracket? Like, can we fill out another bracket? We made such a big deal about March Madness. Yes. I know. I don't think that they have brackets, but I'll show you guys. There is, you know, I know my fingers are are nice and all, but there is like an actual NBA bracket that I can show y'all. I think. And for those who are listening, who don't know what Sarah's talking about when she says her fingers are great, she's giving us all the visuals with her fingers, just like she did that one time. Yes. Live long and prosper. You got it, dude. Okay. So we have a very special guest back by popular demand is Steve the baseball guy. What's up, Steve? Hi, hi, hi. What's going on? Okay. We're so, so happy to have you because we need you to explain the details of this, the play that happened between the Braves versus the Phillies, which I have not even watched yet. Yes. Oh but goodness. First, but first, Steve, first I need to ask you did you see the basketball player who didn't even know who A-Rod was? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> it sounds like he wants out of there. It sounds like he wants to get traded. <laughs> oh my gosh. It lit- oh, Anthony Edwards. That's who it is. He's young. He's like, what? 23, 22, 23. Yeah. You got to know who A-Rod is. He has no idea. Has Clueless. no idea who A-Rod, A-Rod is. So I put it on my story. It's hysterical because he was like a fan like, why would I be a fan of him? Like, I know he's I don't even owner, know baseball. Like, he had no idea that he played baseball. But the funniest part is that I guarantee he knows who J-Lo is. So he needs yeah, to If he doesn't know who J-Lo is, uh, he's definitely getting traded from that team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope he responds to my story and let me know if he, I guarantee he knows J-Lo. So he I mean, in his defense, run. we don't really know much about baseball either, dude. And that's yes. why we brought Steve, the baseball guy on to kind of talk through what everything means in baseball. Cause we're not confident in the subject. Thank God. I got you covered baseball guy. So Steve sent me, I've already watched the play, but I would like Christine, did I send it to you yet? I just texted you. You got to send it to me. Travis, Anthony Edwards is 19. <laughs> He's listening to you. <laughs> Anthony Edwards is 19. That's insane. So that's probably why I, I don't know when A-Rod retired from MLB, but guaranteed he's, 
probably never watched a professional baseball game. So um, let me send you the link. But in the meantime, Steve, so I got a text message from Steve and he was like, did you see the play last night? Are you even on Twitter? And I was like, oh, not yet about that. Yeah, we need <laughs> to get on Twitter. Apparently it was going like viral. It was one of the most like trending things on Twitter was this play versus the Braves and the Phillies. So Steve, give us like, I guess a little bit of a recap of the game. You don't have to go into too much detail, but like, tell us yeah. where we were in the game and like, why is it such a big deal? Um, well, so it, first of all, it was a really, really good game. Um, got a lot of superstars out there, Bryce Harper, Acuna, Freddie Freeman, all those guys out there just really, really putting on a show, a lot of home runs. It was, it was a great game. Um, and then it came and it was tie game, bottom, uh, top of the ninth. Um, Which means and then, the top of the ninth means it's like, that's the last inning. It, yes. And that's the, that should be the last inning um, unless it goes into extra innings, which it happens in a tie game, um, which it was a tie game. It was tied six to six, top of the ninth inning. So it's the Phillies' last opportunity to score a run in the ninth inning, and unless it, the Braves score. If the Braves score, that's what's considered a walk-off because then the Phillies don't get another chance to score okay. again. So were so the Braves we at bat? Nope. Phillies are at bat. Phillies are at bat. Um, they And they're kind of putting it together. They get a man on – third base his name is alec bohm b-o-h-m and um they hit a shallow pop fly to left field now the braves left fielder is known to not have a very good arm so it was a it was a short pop fly they talked to dd gregorius who actually hit the base that pop fly after the game and he once he hit it he was saying to himself he's like oh that's not enough that that doesn't do it because he didn't hit it far enough because Marcelo Zuna only has to throw it, I think it was like 250 feet or something like that. So that's it's a hard play to run on. It's a risky play for the man on third to run on. Okay, um, because okay, so because you can what's called tag up on third. Correct. And that's is that what happened? It is. Um, so the minute the outfielder touches the ball. Mm -hmm. um, he can run as long as his foot is, as long as he's starting from on base. So he can't be halfway down the baseline and then take off if the ball is caught. Um, okay. You have That's to, you have like to be on third base. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be on third base. Then once the fielder touches the ball, which it was Marcelo Zuna, he caught the ball and then Alec Bohm took off for home, which it was risky. Um, Ozuna actually made a really great throw, kind of put it right on the money. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Alec Bohm slid into home plate, but never actually touched it. And so they went to an official review and the replay booth, the replay up in New York, they, uh, they, they botched it. They called him, they held, uh, they upheld the call, which was absolutely terrible. It, okay, it, it kind of, it seems I'm like it just. I'm sending you the link. I'm sending you this MLB link. So so they, so Steve, they called him safe. So they, so the Phillies ended up winning the game. They did. So the Braves had another chance, but we didn't score. So it, okay. it, it, yeah, that ended the game. Or I mean, that, that's what changed the game. So it, it really kind of took, it took one away from us really, which is important. I know we play 162 games, but 
it, this is a division game. It's a rivalry game. It's Sunday night baseball. The whole everyone's watching this game, and then uh, okay, something Christine, like that happens. Christine, so here's the video at the top. Scroll down to the middle. I got it. It's loading. And hit play. That's it's a minute and forty seconds long. So it's going to show you like the whole play that Steve just explained, and my initial reaction, <laughs> which not really a popular one. I'm sure Steve has watched this video from multiple angles, but I was like, Steve, I'm pretty sure like his tippy toe scraped nope. home base. <laughs> and he was like, nope, no. it doesn't. You can, so they actually have views where they, they sync it up. It's everything's timed perfectly. Um, they're time stamped. Everything is done perfectly on there. So you can see multiple angles all happening at the same time. And it's very, very evident that his foot does not touch home plate it went over the plate um it wow, landed probably like 10 dude. inches it, his foot landed probably 10 inches off the bag and they called him safe now for the umpire to call it safe that's okay i mean that but i i wouldn't be upset with him for calling that safe because it was a boom boom play but uh he definitely did not touch the base oh my gosh his foot slid his foot slid right over the base yeah, replay replay got it wrong, and there's been no explanation. They just they there's been no explanation. Um, what's really funny though is that the next next game, uh, I think Monday, yeah Monday night, we had there was a call, there was a runner sliding into second, stealing second. They got, I mean, they called him safe, and then they reviewed it, and I saw absolutely nothing that showed that he was out, but then they reviewed it and overturned it and called him out, which, you know, good, but where's the, there's no consistency. I, there was no angle that it, to me, honestly, I thought he was safe. Okay. Christine, what do you think? <laughs> okay. It looks different from every angle from one angle. It looks like his toe hit the base. Okay. That's what I saw. But then, but initially when I first saw it, it, it looks like looked it floats like, it. Yes. It floats right over top of it. But it also looks like the base moves a little from whenever his toe touches it, but it's because the umpire is sliding in, I guess, and trying to get him out. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> okay. I think what would be, I mean, so how many angles do they have over these bases, Steve? Like I'm thinking like football, right? They've got cameras literally everywhere. Like pylon cams they've got cameras like flying over the field like in baseball i feel like there's not that many angles are there 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 are a lot of okay angles. um there are and and i i don't know if the replay if in new york um if they have additional angles that weren't released but it, they had enough angles you can you can see that he did not touch that plate and so the Braves lost. And, and mind you if, guys, Steve if, the baseball guy is a big Braves fan. If you are watching say. our YouTube channel right now, you will see <laughs> that he comes prepared wearing his Braves shirt every time he's on our show. Yes. Yes, he does. So how are the Braves? I mean, I laughed this morning because Anthony Edwards was like, I don't know who A-Rod is and I don't really watch baseball like that. And I'm like, ugh, like I'm trying Steve to watch baseball, but to be honest, like, I feel like I just, Christine and I need to just like have you on like 
every like month or so just to give an update on like what's happened and what's going on. And then probably closer to the world series and like the playoffs and like the postseason, whatever. I've already lost all the terminology. <laughs> you got it. You got it. I'll, we start, need watching. To our I'll own, start watching we that. Need, we need to revisit our own episode that yes. we did with the, uh, Steve, the baseball guy that goes into all breaks down the rules of baseball and everything that we need to know that we need to actually learn ourselves. All right. Well, we'll have to ask you guys what you think, because we'll put the video here and you'll have to put in the comments below, whether you think who was the guy who, who ran, who tagged up on third and ran home from the Phillies, Steve. Boom. Alec Boom from Alec- the Phillies. Boom. boom. If you think Alec boom. boom touched the base, or if you're on team Sarah, I think he tippy toed somehow. Then you're wrong. I know. <laughs> then you're then you're wrong. <laughs> I think he I think a part of his toe touched. Or are you on team Steve? And I don't know what Christine's decision is. Do you I'm think he touched Steve. it? You're My initial team. reaction was like, he definitely didn't touch it until I saw it from like a weird angle. Are you with team? Are you on team Steve and Christine that his foot floated and the umps and the refs in New York, wherever they are in La La Land, just got it completely wrong. Let us know. Steve, you're the best. Thank you for coming on and explaining that for us. Yes. That was wonderful. Thank you. Yes. Thanks for having me guys. Okay. Talk to you later. Until Steve. next time. Well, we definitely couldn't do any of that without Steve. So honestly, he's the real MVP of this episode. Before we wrap up the episode, we do need to briefly mention Julian Edelman from the Patriots. Retired, Sarah. And this is a big deal because he was the wide receiver for the Patriots for 12 years. Guess what? What? I couldn't care any less. Well, this, here's the thing. This is why I think that we should probably talk about it. Okay. It can be a little boring and people retire all the time. I hate the Patriots. I know. Well, everybody hates the Patriots unless you're a Patriots fan. Because oh, wait, Molly doesn't. Molly loves the Patriots. Sorry, Molly. Love you, Molly. Love you, Molly. Hate the Patriots, but love you. So it, it's a big deal too, because I mean, he's definitely going to go into the hall of fame because he, I don't think he will. I do. We'll of course, see. I, I definitely think he's going to make it to we'll the Hall see. of Fame. His stats remember, are amazing. Remember, you guys, I feel like we've talked about the Hall of Fame a bunch. We actually did like a whole episode on the Hall of Fame. You are not even able to be entered into the Hall of Fame until five years after you retire. So we won't know right. for another five years. So his, his contract was terminated and then he decided to retire, but it was terminated due to a failed physical, which really just means that... Um, he, I mean, cause he was injured all of last season with uh, an injured knee. He was only out for half the games. He played half the games, but still did surprisingly well for being in with a hurt knee. Um, but he just decided it was time for him to retire. They terminated his contract due to a failed physical. And the reason they did that is because um, he now is eligible for the injury protection benefit, which just means that he can collect up to $2 million through that benefit. Yeah. So that's the reason that they failed they gave him a failed physical whenever they knew he wanted to retire. It was part of the technicality of, of, as part of his retirement. So he didn't really fail the physical. I think that because he's got a hurt knee, it was more so like, okay, you're not really eligible. We're going to fail you on this because you can't like perform. So yeah. And we're going to pay you. So happy retirement. Exactly. 
Got so it. he came out and had this really elaborate YouTube video that was like six minutes long about him sitting in the stadium. It was really dramatic. He came out and said it was he was retiring and it had like 15 million views. Cool. Because obviously, Sarah, it's a big deal. 15 million people watched it. Cool. <laughs> All right. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Like, yay, Julian Edelman. Like, I've literally <laughs> done nothing but cheer against him my entire life. So I, I'm like, cool, yay. Like, I mean, obviously... Bye. In the NFL for 12 years is very impressive or whatever, but. <laughs> well, that's Bye. everything. That's everything. We don't really have anything else to talk about on this episode of It's Sports Sis. So we love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram and we'll see you next week. Bye.